everybody. Hello. Hey. Hope everybody's doing good. Um, so this month, our podcast is actually collabing with another podcast, Cool and Unusual Punishment. Um, so we are not just Brienne and Ron. We are also Tyler and Jody, or Jody and Tyler. Um, so I, I, li- I like Jody and Tyler better. Um, I do too. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so if you guys want to introduce, and I, and I like Ron and Brianna better. So see, it works. Yeah. It's yeah. Usually the older person goes first. Oh yeah. In the name. Oh. oh. Um, Oh, so, we're starting yeah. already. Yeah. yeah. So um, <laughs> that's why it makes sense. Uh, so yeah, if you guys want to introduce yourself uh, and talk about your podcast, we can talk about ours. Ours is obviously Queer in the Valley, where we talk about LGBTQ issues and pop culture and all that fun stuff. Uh, my name is Tyler Haas, and uh, I'm one half of the podcast program, Cool and Unusual Punishment. I'm sitting alongside my co-host, Jody Arnold. We do a podcast where we get drunk and tell weird stories and occasionally topple uh, community leaders. <laughs> Jody, how are you? <laughs> I'm good. So, all right. We talked to our uh, special co-hosts for the night and decided that because it was a Halloween a spooky episode that we were going to tackle a cold case from the area and... I think we've got a good one. Yeah, I, I, I'm not too terribly familiar with this. So Ron Good. Watch, Ron does not watch or care about true crime. No, not really. Um, I, have wa- I, have I called it true murder. Today, before I watched the cheerleading documentary, I listened to four episodes of, um, it's called Unjust and Unsolved. If you guys want to get mad about uh, racism in the South, yeah, in uh, prisons. Listen to Unjust and Unsolved. Oh, um, it's a new podcast. It's really good, um, and it just made me mad the whole time. But yeah, so listen to that. Yeah, that's what she wants to be mad all the time. Yeah. All right. So yeah, <laughs> yeah. Let's let, how women get things done. Let, let's. Do this. Uh, do you want to go, Jody? Yes. I yeah. Have to see, so I'm gonna walk away for two seconds. I'm already having a really good time. All right, so I'm gonna start this. All right, tonight we're talking about John Klinger. I'm going to start with an obituary that was printed at the time, and you're going to hear it and think to yourself, how is this a cold case? All right. John Klinger, 49 of Eau Claire, died Thursday, May 1st, 2003 in rural Eau Claire County. How is this a cold case? Well, (laughs) hold on tight. Okay. (laughs) You're going to just be blown away. He was born on February 17th, 1954 in Chippewa Falls. I'll skip around, not to diminish the life of John Klinger. uh, Just some of it is not necessarily relevant to what we're talking about. I'm going to read this um, obit like I would. He's a historian, avid reader. The interesting, especially... (laughs) Please don't write my obituary. (laughs) You know, we could go on and on. He was, an, he was active in the AIDS HIV community as a mentor and teacher helping others. He co-chaired the Wisconsin HIV Prevention Planning Council. He was a member of the Western Region of the Ryan White Consortium. The super cool thing was that he was a former member of the Chippewa Falls School Board. Wait for it. Elected to that office in 1972. And at the time, he was the youngest person elected to public office in the United States. Isn't that so weird? Isn't that so ironic? Yes. 
and how he was the only uh, openly gay member, which I'm not even sure. You know, I talked to a couple of journalists who weren't even sure that was true. They just said that it was true. (laughs) 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 Oh, but that's another podcast. (laughs) Oh, Argo. Yes, uh, we're we're, we're going to have that with us for the rest of our life, we think. Yeah, you so. are. Okay, so that's the nuts and bolts of the obit, okay? And so you look at that, and that was the first thing that came out about this. And you think, okay, this guy died in rural Eau Claire County. Um, doesn't say much about how, but that's not always uncommon, right? So first, I just want everybody to know, if you're wondering, in local... John Klinger is of the Klinger Farm Market Klingers. That was my first question that I asked you when you said this. I was like, the Klinger Farm? Yes, the Klinger Farm Market. His nephew, Troy, uh, boy, the last name sometimes, uh, Amelise, uh, Amelse, A-M-E-L-S-E, is the current director. So uh, that's that he is of that family, which if you're from this area, you know, Every, almost everybody knows of Klinger's Farm Market. Mm-hmm. Well, that's well, three of us. One of us doesn't know it. You? But, yeah. no. Ron is actually from Ohio? Yeah. Ron, how long have you lived here? Two and a half years. Okay. I would give you so, a pass then. I'm a, I'm a newer Eau Clarian. Yeah. So we're going to rewind back to May 1st, 2003, which if you recall from the obit is the day that John died. On the morning of Thursday, May 1st, 2003, someone was walking along the bank of the Eau Claire River. Uh, This, what I'm reading right now is from the book by Robert Dudley, Cold Cases of West Central Wisconsin. Um, That's where I got a good bulk of the information. He pulled some things together. So that's, and he gave me permission to read this verbatim. Someone was walking along the bank of the Eau Claire River about seven miles east of Eau Claire when they spotted a body in the water. It was lodged against a tree. Authorities were called to the scene, and after they pulled the man from the water, they were unable to locate any identification or personal items that would help identify him. There were no reports of missing persons to match him up with. Investigators spent all Thursday working to identify the man's body, but they weren't able to do that. So John's parents were watching the news on Thursday night and they saw the report about the drowning victim and they suspected it might be their son. And so they contacted authorities. They drove to Sacred Heart Hospital on Friday morning and they ID'd him. An autopsy performed at Sacred Heart Hospital in Eau Claire confirmed the cause of Klinger's death was drowning. Immediately following the autopsy, Eau Claire County Sheriff Ron Kramer He said that there didn't appear to be any foul play, and investigators said they would spend the next few days just trying to piece together why Klinger was in the Eau Claire River. Subsequent investigation determined that Klinger had last been seen in the downtown in Eau Claire on Monday, April 28th. So... Can I interject quick? Yeah. I know that I think people all kind of generally understand that TV shows like CSI really overstate what is possible in forensic uh, science and police investigation. But I think it's notable how how much 
they kind of missed the mark that they could the police could find a body and because he didn't have his wallet they're just like we spent all day and we don't know who this guy is how are we supposed to find out he didn't have his name like on his on the inside of his collar we, we looked at missing persons there wasn't a thing oh okay well i don't know what do you what do you think yeah but was it was it a lot different in 2002 uh, you know, or four. Two thousand three. Well, well, I, I'm in the middle. All right. So, um, I mean, I mean, how was? I mean, the forensics. I mean, yeah. I mean not compared uh, to today, even. Well, certainly, like DNA has been a thing. I don't know if that's how they handle missing persons cases now. You know, and like DNA wouldn't do you any good unless you had it on file. So at this point, it's still doesn't sound like a cold case right this sounds like somebody who drowned well the circumstances of the death of the death are still unclear said eau claire county sheriff's department sergeant john vogler quote i wouldn't want to rule anything out this early well things become a little more fuzzy when Investigators start learning that there were a bunch of reasons why Klinger's presence in the Eau Claire River didn't add up as far as just an accidental drowning goes. First, he didn't own a vehicle. He didn't have a driver's license. That meant that however he got to the town of Seymour area near the Lions Youth Camp on Highway Double Q, he would not have gotten there by himself. He was not a fan of the water, so there would have been no reason for him to be in or near the water. Additionally, he recently had his hip replaced, and he walked only with the assistance of a cane, and he would not have been able to get down to the river on his own. Those things come to light, and suddenly this doesn't appear to be just a drowning. Well, investigators were unable to determine why John Klinger was in the Eau Claire River and the case goes cold. Two years later, in May of 2005, Klinger's family offers a $10,000 reward for information leading to the arrest and conviction of the person responsible. By this time, two years later, investigators were certain that foul play was involved and that John Klinger had been murdered. The last day he was seen was April 28th. He was found on May 1st. It does not say anywhere in here if they were able to determine how long he had been dead, you know, because that would also, you know, if you think about if he was last seen on the 28th, well, then was he with somebody alive until two hours before he was found or was it two days before he was found? I don't know well, if they ever determined that. And, and that's the thing, too, especially if he was drowned in the river. It takes a couple of days before a body floats back up. Mm-hmm. Like, they don't just automatically float back up. But I guess I don't know how far the Oak Clear River goes. But yeah, I don't either. He, mu- he had to have probably got lodged pretty close to where he was. Because I don't feel like he would have been that unless they took him way far out. But Now, did he have a, a significant other that we know? <laughs> I don't know that for sure. And not listed in anything here. Um, there are some interesting theories coming up about this. The story goes on to say that at the time anyway, the Eau Claire County detective uh, whose name was Rochelle Zurich, 
said he did not go to that location by himself. We're not ruling anything out. So they are treating this like where they, he was found was not far from where he went in. And I don't know if that's just how you treat drownings like that. Was there a point in entry to the river where he would have been able to access it? But it still doesn't make any sense for a guy who just had hip surgery, who hated the water and didn't have a driver's license to be by the river way outside of town, I don't, regardless of where yeah. it was. I don't mean to be crass, but is whether or not you like the water something I need to publicly disclose in case I'm ever found? <laughs> Do people need, like, I, I didn't know that that's <laughs> famously, Tyler disliked the water. So <laughs> keep that in mind uh, in the future. I, that's also weird. Like, how do people just know that? Yeah, that's true. Like, does Tim like the water? Oh, I know he he hates the so water. So I guess maybe you do. So know. yeah, and I, I hate the water. You also hate the. I guess okay. I guess I do know. Yeah. All right. Maybe it is. You know. I think you know though if you're close to them. Yeah. I don't know. Like I would. Like I would I don't have know no. If you like the water. Yeah, I would have no idea. <laughs> but she's not going to know because she watches but, like, too much true murder good, stuff. The good yeah. Thing, though, is that. Tyler and Jody both hate the water. So let's, yeah, let's all disclose not- our thoughts on water right now, just so we have it on record. Mm-hmm. I also, I don't hate the water. I just don't like being wet. Does that make sense? <laughs> yes, it does. I'm okay standing next to a pool. I have so much to say about that, but I'm not going to say it. I know where your, where's your mind show. going. It's just like I don't mm. like I like like to be in the water but then like having to get out and like change into dry clothes is such a hassle. Yeah. And I, you brush your hair. I don't mind water. It's mostly changes in state of moisture that I have an <laughs> issue with. Yeah. I think um who's that, who's that guy who got in a bunch of heat about the- oh ben shapiro yeah ben shapiro's got something to ben shapiro's say wife that. assured him that uh it is abnormal is- for women she's, 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 she's the opposite of what yes <laughs> i don't so back to john Klinger. can i interject i wanted to ask earlier was the Klinger was Klinger farms an established thing in 2003 yeah. i don't i don't know how how much of a known quantity they are, but was it like, would they have the, cause you said they offered a pretty big reward. Is that like set clinger farm family money? Like I would think so behind that. Okay. Yeah. Yes. They've been established. I don't know how long, but for as long as I can remember. Gotcha. I could probably just give it a Google right now. What's that? <laughs> give it a Google Google it. It. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Why don't you do that? Clinger Farm Market is a fifth-generation farm in business for over 100 years. Good God. Wow. Okay. So his sister, Susan Wallach, was even more assertive in stating what the family believed happened to her brother. He would not have walked down there, but we believe he was either murdered or -hmm. left there to die in the river, she told the Chippewa Herald newspaper at that second anniversary of Clinger's death. We believe the person involved may be local. Our concern is that if there was foul play, it could happen to someone else. So then if we fast forward to 2010, Sheriff Kramer says, I still believe it was someone local who knew it's the lack of personal items that would have been with him that were not found at the scene. And we never discovered those items. Someone is out there. I'm totally convinced of that. What is really weird about this story is that 
I reached out. So Robert Dudley, the author of this cold cases book, um, has, I've talked to him before. He's, he wrote a book about the Jacob Wetterling case. As far as he understood it to be, this case was not registered as a homicide with the police department in Eau Claire. So but, it was never classified as a homicide, but the sh- sheriff or detective was like two years later was like, I'm still convinced. Yeah. When I talked to Rob, he told me that he had spoken with like a former detective for Eau Claire County and they had spoke about how this wasn't technically ruled a homicide. But then when I went to the Eau Claire government page and looked up the uh, homicide investigations, there is a little tab and it says John Klinger death investigation for information leading to arrest and conviction of the person responsible. The Eau Claire County Sheriff's Office continues the investigation into the circumstances surrounding the death of John Klinger. He was last seen with a black leather coat, plaid shirt, and jeans. He frequented the downtown Eau Claire area, and then it gives the name of the uh, sergeant to call. So even that doesn't say he was murdered. It's like they're trying to figure out the circumstances of the case. I'm going to say, is there just like, I, I wonder if it's just like lack of evidence? Uh, yeah, I suppose. No, I like, do we know? I guess I didn't look into it because I just thought of it because that's my life. But like, <laughs> do we do we have toxicology reports or like right actual confirmation like cause of death? Because if, if it was drowning, like I guess it's pretty hard to like figure out further. I mean, I guess he could have been pushed, or you know, did they do toxicology? He could have been drugged or something like that. I mean, I don't know if they checked anything like that once they determined he was drowned. And at the time, it looked like oh, this person fell into the water. Which does happen around here. It does happen yeah. around here. And I also think that probably in this happened in 2003. Yeah. That I don't know. We have to think of like how Eau Claire was in 2000. It's not the Eau Claire of today. No. Claire, very much a very small town. So I didn't even have that peace of mind to do that. Yeah. You know, like a lot of things, it's easy. For us to wonder this now after the fact, but I don't know if at in that very moment, if it if they were like, oh well, we found a guy and he was drowned. So that, as far as that case goes, is all they know about it. I know what also happens, like with police departments and stuff, is there's frustration on behalf of the public because they're wondering like what's going on. Does anybody even look into this case anymore? And they might have somebody on their radar, but they can't say anything about it because they're actively investigating it. So, you know, who knows? There could be something uh, going on that way. Hmm. Yeah. It's very fascinating. I mean, I mean. Rob's going to start watching True Crime after um, this. True murder. (laughs) (laughs) True murder stuff. I'm still going to call it true murder. Um, Yeah. No, it, it, it is fascinating because it's something that happened here, even yeah. though I didn't live here at the time. And it's a member of our community, you, you know, that, and 2003 was a different time. I mean, could it have been a targeted attack? Could it have just, I mean, honestly, could it have just been a crime of opportunity? 
you know, we, I don't a know if we know. A crime of passion. Nobody knows. A crime of passion. Yeah. Yeah. Or hate. Uh, there's a wild serial killer theory about this. That I we'll like get, that one. Yeah. That we'll get to in a minute because it does mention the smiley face killer, which if you're from around here, anytime a college aged guy dies, there's always comments on the news. Post I thought that things. was the Mothman and Slenderman. The Slenderman. <laughs> Yeah. Like, yeah. <laughs> You've never heard of the smiley face? No, <laughs> I know the I know the Slender Man thing. You, I'm so we definitely should have done an episode on the Slender Man tonight. We should have done the Slender Man because there is a Slender Man tie-in to Wisconsin. I um, know. Uh, yeah, that's why. Yeah, famous for. Yeah, but not Jody. Do we know if there's a Slender Man connection to this case? Yeah. Well, you and know did that- he eat cheese? That's what we need to know, too. So, he was yes. creepy pasta. <laughs> right. Yeah. <laughs> and he, he liked old fashions and cheese. That's all we need to know. He went to the <laughs> supper clubs, and that's where he met everybody. Yeah. <laughs> okay, so I want to get back to there was this serial killer theory. There was a post on Web Sleuth, like literally one of the only posts about John Klinger on there. And Ron, if you're not familiar, Web Sleuths is this site for people who are into true crime and want to theorize. True murder. murder, And they kind of want to theorize, you know, in hopes of, oh, maybe we'll be able to think of something that has, you know, not come to light for the investigators, especially with cold cases that are kind of being ignored. But somebody had written... Could John Klinger, 49, of Eau Claire, Wisconsin, be a victim of the Toronto serial killer Bruce MacArthur? John Klinger fits the profile of MacArthur's victims, gay, aged 40 plus, facial hair, possible glasses, darker skin or hair, used the internet. I like how that's something in 2003. (laughs) Oh, used the internet. Was within 12-hour driving distance. The moment I read these things and saw this man's picture, I instantly thought of MacArthur and his victims. So did you look up anything about this guy? No, except that he uh, attacked someone on Halloween, which makes an appropriate Halloween episode. He attacked somebody and they died? No, that person actually survived, which was even stranger. He went over to a guy's house and attacked him and then left. And the guy woke up and called 911. (laughs) So, wow. like, he was sleeping while he was attacked? No, he had come over. Uh, it was on Halloween, and, I mean, this was off the wiki. I, like, uh, uh. scanned, and it was, he had come over to, like, uh, see his Halloween costume and came over and immediately, like, struck him over the head, and the guy woke up. The MacArthur, the killer, like, went and confessed soon after. Could you imagine just thinking that you're going to show how awesome your costume is to somebody? Yeah, and just, just swing open the door. Just, hey, look, I'm a wizard. They, yeah. <laughs> and they whack you on the side of the head. Yeah, this guy, he has this Bruce MacArthur has, he pled guilty to eight counts of first degree murder. This was back in 2019. So not that long ago. And it was in Canada. The title of this BBC News article about this is Door Knock Saved Serial Killer's Victim. There was like a last victim that he was about to kill. I, I can't find in the story where it says this, but I'm just going to guess that a door knock saved him. <laughs> <laughs> it was never addressed again. Yeah, I don't see it anywhere. <laughs> <laughs> just one of those things, I guess. 
I'm so glad he has nosy neighbors just checking in. Yeah. 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 I just see it somebody over again and wanted to make sure they were going to leave. <laughs> so why people thought there could be some kind of tie is because in 2003, this Bruce MacArthur was assaulted for, or arrested for assaulting a gay man with a metal pipe. He's only attributed to the deaths of eight gay men in Toronto, but please speculate that there are without a doubt more victims in or outside the area. I do like on Web Sleuths that somebody's like, Toronto is only a 12-hour drive from Eau Claire, and Bruce MacArthur traveled a lot, even as far as across seas to Italy as a landscaper and a traveling underwear salesman. <laughs> <laughs> What you kind think, of underwear, though? That's like, what matters. Yeah. Think about it. If you're like, if you think about like, if you picture a serial killer, like, what job would they have? Yeah. I thought he was just a normal underwear salesman. I would yeah. never have guessed. Yeah. If if so, if you're gonna show up like at someone's door to sell underwear, the underwear have to be like it's Just like when someone's and- selling a kirby vacuum and they like throw coffee on your floor and vacuum it up and like whoa whoa the, the vacuum was so good this and underwear he better be freaking hot too. <laughs> yeah, yeah uh, right i'm not buying and underwear like, for you. you have to think to yourself 2003 <laughs> if you opened the door to somebody in the early 2000s when would it ever have been normal to have a traveling underwear salesman is there it's the, the it still doesn't sound right. It no. doesn't sound like a real profession. When I saw that, I was like, "What?" I mean, I don't think that's ever been a real profession. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, well, he opened up his trench coat, and there it was—a bunch of underwear. <laughs> well, now I've seen that before, but that's just that <laughs> long. So that's different. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I don't know. I don't know this either. Is like a little bit before, like the, it's like the Lularoe kind of thing, like before leggings. Yes, you had to go around and sell it door to door. Yeah, just <laughs> of underwear. Of underwear before the, before the internet. Before the internet. Yeah. yeah. Nets. Internets. Yeah, yeah, the well, internet. This person who wrote this post on Web Sleuths, and this is a place where. You know, people throw out wild theories. So we're looking at this Web Sleuths post, and then it's in bold. John Klinger was a known buyer and seller on eBay. So no stranger to the internet, as well as, as, well as an open homosexual and gay AIDS activist. And then it says in parentheses, is it safe to assume he browsed gay forums or dating sites if he was versed enough to sell items on eBay. <laughs> that was the litmus test for internet use. Seriously? <laughs> I, actually, I, read that, I read that this afternoon as I was reviewing like the notes. <laughs> so this person is, you know, making some leaps here. They do say that Bruce MacArthur met most of his victims on the internet And did I mention Toronto was only 12 hours away and that MacArthur had a traveling job? John was found deceased of drowning under suspicious circumstances in 2003. Well, I don't, I'm certainly not. But did this killer kill other people by drowning? I mean, that's the whole question. 
That you is know? a great question. I don't believe so. And you just hit them with pipes. <laughs> in the study with you know, Mr. Colonel Mu Colonel Mustard in the study. Ron would like to use this opportunity yes. to promote Clue the Clue, play. Clue the stage to the children's theater. <gasps> that and, and Moa is Colonel Mustard. Are you yeah. serious? Yes. I always thought Colonel Mustard was the sexiest one. <laughs> well, he is. Oh, God, you are so right. Don't get ahead, but if you, 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 the, if you could just see the way Tyler looked at you at that moment. <laughs> <laughs> could, you, could you just, just uh, list clue characters from most sexy to least sexy? <laughs> like, oh, this is going to be a fight later. This is going to be a fight. <laughs> Okay, oh, I want oh. to, I'm going to finish this up and then we're going to cut to a fun thing that y'all do on your podcast. Yes. But there's a couple of other kind of funny parts of this web sluice post, which is certainly just somebody who's trying to get this figured out. It's very earnest at the very least. So good for, good for them on that. Um, John Clinger's drowning gets lumped in with the bizarre alcohol-related college deaths deemed the smiley face drownings by some, but it differs too much, and I strongly feel John Clinger should be considered a potential victim of Bruce MacArthur, even though this case is out of the Toronto jurisdiction. Here's another bolded thing, okay? This man may have online connections to the Silver Fox alias and been a fling or even appear in pictures seized from MacArthur. John Klinger may have even been a customer of MacArthur's when he was either landscaping or selling underwear. <laughs> <laughs> Jesus Christ. <laughs> and we uh, I hope it wasn't I hope it wasn't boxers. <laughs> just let, just let, it, let it be like no, nobody or, would or, you nobody know, would something. buy a pair of boxers <laughs> yes. from a traveling boxer salesman. Yeah. Look, look, everything so. is going to be flowing and flopping in these. Yeah. And let me, and let me work on your, your front yard while we're at it. I got some brickwork you're going to love. Landscaping. That's about it as far as kind of crazy internet yeah. theory and just plain evidence on this case. Uh, I so, would I would say have we also looked into Israel Keys if we're going to go this far. Mm. into Bruce MacArthur. Let's go into Israel Keys because it's like Alaska's the same distance. I don't even know if he actually lives in Alaska. Alaska's the same distance? I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> okay, uh, okay, Sarah Palin. Have you drove to Alaska? No. <laughs> Alaska to I, Wisconsin. I love this. It is 57 hours. Uh-huh. Yeah, it's the same yeah, distance. Right. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> right. Hey, when's the All clue right. when's the clue play coming out? It is October 15th through the 19th. And they're only allowing a hundred people in the audience each night. So wow. yeah, so tickets um yeah, they're, they're, it's gonna be very limited. We have to wear masks on stage and uh which they're they're kind of cool. They're see-through. But yeah. um, the one thing is social distancing is kind of hard to do when you're doing Clue because you have to move bodies across the stage yeah. with, with, you know, candlesticks in their head and, you know, whatever. So, <laughs> 
but it's gonna be it's gonna be fun and um yeah i'm excited to do i i love being in the theater and it's been awful the last six months because there hasn't been anything yeah so when this opportunity came i was just glad i got the chance so to be the sexiest hoping... one that's it <laughs> I, miss scarlet eat your heart out yeah mm-hmm. yeah so uh yeah you you had mentioned it earlier we on our show always do the golden girls minute yeah so we sent you guys uh you to a clip and we watched um, it and we watched uh, Brianna the whole thing. actually picked this one out it was of the uh, Golden Girls murder mystery. Yes. So you watched the entire episode? Yes. Yeah, we so did. It's, it's uh, season seven, episode two, and it's called The Case of the Libertine Bell. Yeah. Yeah. They, we all, I think we're the only one that didn't watch it today. I yes. watched it too today. Oh, I could tell you every word of it. I've seen them all like 8,000 <laughs> times. But um, yeah, isn't that what us gays do? Sit and watch the Golden Girls? Um, and eBay. And, and eBay. Yeah, you do <laughs> eBay. Um, yeah. Blanche, you're wearing my earrings. Oh, I know that. But when I asked you before where they were, you said you didn't know, and now you're wearing them. Well, Rose, there could be two explanations. Either I was lying, or I was wrong about the number of explanations. <laughs> Blanche. Oh, Kendall. Blanche, I must commend you again. I have a feeling we're in for a weekend none of us is going to forget. Oh, I do declare. Your sweet words could charm the morning dew right off the honeysuckle. <laughs> that was good, Blanche. Now do Br'er Rabbit. <laughs> I believe the fun is about to begin. Ladies? I think I got to him, don't you? Your eyes are as good as rolled back. <laughs> Do you believe that things are going to turn out even better than I? Oh, Kendall is sitting down with Posey McGlynn. She is my main rival for that assistance job. Oh, look at the shameless way she's flirting with him. Disgusting. You flirted with him? I'm from the South. <laughs> flirting is part of my heritage. What do you mean? Her mother was a slut, too. <laughs> We're back with the Golden Girls Minute, and we have uh, just found out that this is that Tyler <laughs> has only ever watched one episode, which I am almost speechless, which you know is hard for me. <laughs> so, Tyler, what is the story? Um, okay, so uh, Golden Start Girls. With your age. I'm 31, <laughs> but like just initial impressions. Uh, okay, so there's these four women. And um, I don't know if I'll get the names wrong, but uh, called, one, is, one is a slut. And by Maud. the way, I've never heard so many <laughs> slut jokes Her in any sitcom ever as I've heard as I heard in the one episode I watched. There are so many <laughs> slut jokes, uh, <laughs> just pretty much nonstop. So there's a slut. Betty White is dumb. That's her character. Um, there's the stoic one who's like s- smart and she solves murders. Uh, and then there's a woman, there's a fourth woman who is somehow in a group of four old women is somehow older than all the others. <laughs> she is, she is a whole generation older than the rest of the old woman to the point where she makes them look young. 
Have I accurately <laughs> described the Golden Girls? This is my yes. takeaway from my one episode. Yes. Yeah, yeah, yes, you are. And and the older woman is is uh, Sophia, who is Dorothy's mother. Oh, okay, okay, that explains yes. it. And- she had a stroke, and then her nursing home burned out, so she has to live with them now. <laughs> oh my God, this is. And so- in yeah. one episode, they try to say that she was the one that burned the nursing home. Yes. <laughs> yeah. What what year is the? What, when was this on? <laughs> It, it was it was in the mid eighties, so it was like eighty eighty five to like ninety two. I guess yeah, eighty six or something to ninety two. And I so I always have a, a special history with it because I was in high school when that show was on. Sure. So even as a young, as I would say, young gaylet, we watched the Golden Girls every week, and yeah. the fact that thirty years later it still resonates is pretty big. You know, there's not very many shows. I think maybe I Love Lucy, there, but there's not a lot of shows that resonate 30, 40, 50 years later. Yeah. You know? Um, and you laugh. It definitely felt ed- like edgy in a way that like, because I grew up on Seinfeld. And I remember the masturbation episode of Seinfeld was very like controversial at the time. The free, the, the slut jokes, especially, I was like, this was like from the 80s. And like, this seems like you couldn't get it on TV at the time. I was maybe wrong that this show was so like uh, it seems ahead of its time for how old it felt when I was watching it. Yeah, and it's it older was. women. Yes, and oh yeah, also that so that it's not sitcom characters you would expect. Yeah, and, and you have so and yeah, so I guess we should explain that the episode. It's my favorite episode personally, and that's why I want to do it. Um, and it's obviously October, so Halloween is that Blanche got, which is a slut, got to choose what to do for her <laughs> job's team outing. So for some reason she works at, she, I mean, she works for a art gallery, but still they do really fun things like have team building exercises. And she chose a murder mystery weekend. And of course all the girls go because otherwise there's no point in a show. Yeah. And, yeah, and they need to get the discount. And they need to get exactly. the discount. Um, so they do a, they go to the murder mystery dinner and then they think it's over and Blanche went to go sleep with her boss, but she found her boss dead in her bed. And so then it's like a whole nother murder mystery and, um, everybody, and they are saying that Blanche did it, but then Dorothy solves it, but then it was just a joke. It's a whole thing, but the best episode, really Um, good jokes. And the, uh. The slut jokes are in almost every episode. Yeah. <laughs> I, I, I mean, there might not be as many as there was in this one, but there's always at least one. I think this episode is yeah. top comedy for both Betty White and for um, Rue McClanahan. I know the oh God. Why am I not with Sophia? What's her name? Oh, Estelle Getty. Estelle Getty. Yes. Yes. Like, like, Putting all the stuff top. in her purse. Yeah, it's like her when she tried to lift her purse. (laughs) Yeah, I was in my office working while I was watching it, and it was the part where, um, God, she like her clapbacks to Dorothy, like while she was making, like while she was solving the murder, yeah, was like top notch, yeah. And and so, we, we were gonna ask you what Golden Girls you were. Well, I am very Dorothy because. I'm one of those sarcastic, 
imagine that a sarcastic gay man, sarcastic, <laughs> kind of quick witted, and I'll just look at you like you're just the stupidest ass of the world, like she does. Brianna thinks that she is more Sophia because she's she's kind of also a, a kind of an asshole. I don't think Jody would. I think Jody probably mm-hmm. knows me on a more personal level than you do, so she probably is like, "Yeah, mm-hmm. I think you are. I think you're a Thank Sophia." You. Mm-hmm. And then, what are you? What two? would you two be? Uh, I don't think I know the Golden Girls or myself well enough to <laughs> self-ascribe. I would I, like Jody as a Dorothy. Yeah. Yeah, kinda. I I can see that. I feel like I don't know. Maybe before we met each other. I said that you're Blanche before. Yeah. Then. <laughs> Is it because of the age of the bed? <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. <laughs> he's he's going to walk away now. Um, yeah. I would, well, you can fight for that. Fight back. I mean, maybe I'm a Blanche. <laughs> <laughs> it's so who would, who, just got to own who, it. Okay. Yeah. Who, yeah. Who would. Tyler be in the Golden Girls universe. You'd be like a Miles. Have you? How much have you watched? Oh, I don't oh. think Miles was in that episode. No, he was. no yeah. because it is hard. Because truly, I mean, you're not really a Blanche, but you're also like you're witty and funny, but you're not like Dorothy, and you're not dumb. I well, think- Rose, I wouldn't call dumb necessarily. I think she's naive. No, I call her dumb. I, I mean, I really do think she's. I mean, she is somewhat, but it's more naive because she was not ever lived outside of St. Olaf, Minnesota. Yeah. So, you know, I think that's really what it is. She was more naive than dumb. Yeah. He can be he can be your Stan Spornak. Stanley Spornak, the king of rubber poop. <laughs> yes. <laughs> can someone explain the joke that's just been made? <laughs> <laughs> you know, Stanley is uh, Dorothy's ex-husband but he was like a, he was like a door to door salesman of like novelty. But not goods. underwear. <laughs> yeah, novelty. Of rubber items. poop. Look, we yeah. solved the murder again. Right. Yeah. Sure. Um, yeah. yeah, yeah. And, and he made his fortune on on plastic poop. Mm. Yeah, that's what he made his fortune on yeah. selling plastic poop. Mm. <laughs> okay. Okay. I guess that's a, do. You, and we are here to answer your questions now, Tyler. What are your questions um. about Golden Girls? I guess that was it. Uh, just, I just wanted to try and lay lay it out what I saw. I, yeah, I the the one woman who was like, oh, I thought it was a sitcom about four like these four older women, and then there was one that was like s- stooped a little lower and a little older than the other three, and I was like, wait, there's there's two tiers of okay, but yeah, uh, uh, Betty White Rose is that her name? Yeah, yeah. Uh, she reminded me of um. Uh, the dean in Community, if you've ever seen Community, mm-hmm. uh, the dean has a sort of he's yeah he's not dumb but he has this sort of childlike like puppy dog innocence. Rose has had this like <laughs> c- c- sort of clueless like innocence to her. Yeah. Uh, Before Golden Girls, she was on Mary Tyler Moore show. Yes, she was. He played a slut. Yes. <laughs> it was really kind of fun that she played the slut, and then she goes to playing kind of the the dumb naive yes woman. i forgot yeah. about that yeah. i forget what her name was on mary evans yes because i love mm-hmm. that show but i completely had forgotten about that mm-hmm. and i so i'm 41 so i was alive when the golden girls was on and i do remember it being i on wasn't and- mm-hmm. <laughs> no uh-uh. 
Can I ask no. one yes, more basic you were. question? You're older than me, aren't you? Shut it. I am not 24. He's hitting 60. I am not hitting 60. I am 52 years old. Thank you. I am 52 <laughs> years old. Yes. Well, Colonel Mustard. <laughs> Don't forget that. That's right. I, I was reminded tonight how much I do. I mean, I was laughing at the show. I was thinking to myself, like, okay, all the slut jokes and stuff. I was thinking, like, okay, well, this show definitely couldn't be made now, right? Is it because of their age that we find that funny? I think so. And and actually, I heard Betty White said um, in an interview that that show pushed limits that nobody else could because of their age. Yeah. Yeah. Um, you know, I, I mean, there's there's several shows kind of like that. Like, if you go back to the 70s, you know, Archie Bunker, those type shows couldn't be on TV today either. Yeah. Um, the Golden Girls, though, I, I, I really do think, again, they were ahead of their time. Yeah. And, and the stuff that they get away with on there is the stuff now that you'd see on Netflix. You know, that, that show could not be on regular TV. I mean, and the idea that they're, you know, doing the slut jokes about a woman who is old is like funny. And it's also kind of great that there's somebody who's that age who would still be classified that way. Right. Like, yeah. that's kind of awesome. And then, like, and then, yeah. But then you like, think about it, like to them, like they were old, but they're all like they're same. They're all the same age or they're all living their life like. Think about it, us now, and like our friend group. Like my, one, I have a friend that's well, maybe she's not slutty more, but like you think about it, like, you're thirty and you're so slut. Like, but that's like a joke that we make in our friend group that like you're a slut still. But you know what I mean? So like to them, they probably don't feel like they're fifties and sixties. Yes. Like, but like yeah. to us, it's like all oh, these old women are still having sex. But then like when you get that age, you're like, yes, we still have sex. Yeah, that's a great point. Yeah. Well, and and if you really watch it, and hopefully you can watch other episodes, think about them as four gay men, because that's what they are. It is exactly if four gay men were living together. Well, why can't it just be women? It could be, well, gay men are a lot <laughs> bitchier. Jody, are gay men more bitchier than women? Boy... Uh, women can be pretty bitchy. <laughs> I don't even know if it's, I think women get to a certain age and I'm not sure if it's so much bitchiness as they just stop caring. And so that opens like a floodgate of, uh, there's like that's a filter. Right now, 56, that's where it happens. <laughs> Yeah, oh, good. Oh. I still have a few years to go. Good. <laughs> <laughs> the floodgates of not caring starts. Yeah. Oh, really? Mine started about 20 yeah. years ago. <laughs> yeah. Can I ask one so. more question about the Golden Girls? Yeah. Why do they all live together? Or how do they all know each other? And okay, why do they so, live together? So I don't even think it's really touched upon in episode one. It's touched back in like an episode. So Blanche owns the house. And her husband died. So she owns a house. So she was looking for roommates. And Dorothy was recently divorced from Stan. Not recently. Yeah, recently. It was recently. And then Rose's husband also died. And she moved to Florida from Minnesota (laughs) to be closer to her children. 
And then Sophia's not particularly a part of the first couple episodes because then right. Shady Pines burns down and then Sophia comes. Gotcha. Okay. I, all and right. She needed the to set up. Episode, they actually have a gay housekeeper. A gay cook. A gay cook. Yes. And for some reason, they wrote him out. Um, and I think that might even have been too much for the 80s to have that. <laughs> yeah. But yeah. Wow. Now you're going to wake up at 6 a.m., Jody, and Tyler's going to be awake when she goes. Yeah, I need, yeah, I need, I have seven seasons to catch up on, so I get all the, all the, so ex, all the setup for I the mean, episode I have I will <laughs> absolutely watch this show with you if you're into it. Okay, yeah. Yeah, when I was watching that tonight, I, I was reminded how funny it was and how i mean i don't know how old estelle getty was when she was doing that show but she wasn't the oldest betty white's the oldest wow yeah is yeah. betty white just a like timeless yeah <laughs> god figure that yeah someday she'll just betty be like white. i've i'm done here on earth and she'll just ascend into the clouds because well and yeah. also like Rue mcclanahan and the woman that she was sort of like at odds with in that episode who oh he's she's this woman's going to steal my man i was like these women look great they were wearing these gowns and like they had really good legs and everything and i was like damn these women look good and i think they're originally like in their 40s or like 50s are you i think most i i think they were in their 50s 50s. i told tim the other day that blanche rue mcclanahan's the youngest of all of them she is what my age is now yeah. Blanche when is really my Colonel Mustard. Started, yes. Uh huh. Like, Blanche like, is the Colonel Mustard. Like all of, them, all of <laughs> yeah. them are already established actresses in Hollywood, so it's like Hollywood fifty, like Jennifer Aniston. Well, the only one really wasn't yeah. well known was Estelle Getty. She did things, but not like the other three. The other three were very well established. Yeah. <laughs> Imagine yeah. a show like The Golden Girls now, where one of the women is Jennifer Aniston. They're like, oh, yeah. ladies. <laughs> We're I think so they're, like, they're like reprising a version of it. I think um oh, J-Lo. Yeah, J-Lo and Jennifer Aniston. And no, uh, I heard that they're doing an, an all black one. Yeah, it's an all yeah. black one. And um the one from Blackish, the wife from Blackish. She's gonna be in it. She's in it. And um Regina King. She's yeah. gonna be oh. in it. Um and I think Alfrey Woodard. Okay. is in it too so i don't know who the other is but i i know they're they're doing this tracy ross l yeah ellis ross is gonna be in it wow well that might be the yeah. only way i'm cool with that because otherwise i don't know if i really need to see four white women do that again <laughs> i do think four black women could make that show incredibly awesome even yeah. more but i think they're using the original script too so they're not changing the scripts. That's what I had heard. Wow. And the Golden Girls <laughs> mansion was just sold. Did you see that? And the new owners putting up like a gate? Yeah. Yeah. That's stupid. <laughs> yeah, like who would buy that place, you know, just to put up a gate? Anyway, should I anyway, tell you one more thing about John Klinger? <laughs> yeah, should go back to his murder. Now that our Golden Girls minute so, was a half hour. So. <laughs> yeah. Let's talk about John Klinger's. Okay. So this all has happened, and we had mentioned at the start, like John Klinger was involved in, you know, the AIDS HIV community in in many ways. As a result of that, there's some lasting reminders. 
the first story that came up, Brianna, was the one I'd sent you that was about the center and the library, the Memorial Library that used to exist at the original center, which is now what your center is, correct? Yeah. So it's the same 501c3 charter as our center, So, but it's like with the original founders 10 years ago. Okay. Do you know offhand where the old center used to be located? Was it on Barland or why do I have that in my head? Jason would probably know. Like I, but like where was it on? I always think about when Jason says it was on the basement of a church. Oh wow! Okay, but that was. I think that was even. This is even older than that. Yeah, and I think we had it on here somewhere on one of our chats. Yeah, the the link to the story probably will have it because I, for some reason, I didn't put the text in there. Volume one had done an article back in, in 2011, and it was called More Than a Building, and there was a mention in there of the John Klinger Memorial Library, and they were like selling or giving away the books from that library because I think that center closed for a period of time. Is that correct? And then was resurrected as what the center is now. Yeah. So with this center, it, yeah, it was like a resurrection. So there's a lot of people like the building closed and then they went to like the basement of a church, but there was never like a physical center working space as we have now. Yeah. Um, and and since I think 2017 is when we became an actual physical body again. And while some of our members like Jason and Dan have worked for 10 years to make sure that we're still like up to date with taxes and we don't lose our status. Yeah. This was the old original center. It's all the same thing, but just. A different okay. Generation. So there's that. Then there's the, in the Chippewa area school district, there was a scholarship that was established in 2004 in memory of John Klinger, this scholarship goes to a student with expressed interest in political science, history, social studies, government, or world affairs. And I suppose that's because of his tie-in to be the, being the youngest person elected to the school board. And he yeah. sw- served 12 years is how long he was on the school board. Oh, wow. Mm. Yeah. And then at the AIDS Resource Center, this was a leader telegram article at the time of this article, the AIDS Resource Center of Wisconsin, it was called, was on Dewey Street. And there's a quilt there made of Clinger's ties. There should has... I go down there when we're, they're open and ask if they still have it? Yeah. I should. I'll yeah. email them and then ask if I can come down. Get a picture of it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, you know, we when this all came up, John Clinger there are certain communities in which obviously he's important because there are these lasting things that have lingered. It seems strange at the time that there just wasn't more written about his absence Mm -hmm. from the community. And I don't even know, I suppose in 2003, even maybe uh, there would be a media blackout because of the communities he was involved in. I don't know what what the environment was like i would say that like like eau claire was a pretty conservative city back in 2003 it's weird because if you think about now like if he was on the school board the chippewa school board for 12 years youngest person in the united states and he's comes from a very prominent rich known family like the fact that this was not covered more and there was not more resources put towards it obviously it's all assumption but if he's also part of the LGBTQ community and the HIV community, like, 
I guess we just don't know how all signs point to that's why it was not covered and not cared for. I can only go so far into talking about Eau Claire Sheriff Department on a podcast. Um, <laughs> but I think that it definitely probably played into it. And I guess I just don't know, like, the idea that an openly gay HIV positive man was on the school board of Chippewa today would probably be shocking. That's wild. Yeah. What do you think, Ron? I, it, it very well could be. I mean, I don't know Chippewa as well as you two. I do know it. it's a lot more conservative. But I mean, I do think that that does show something about John Klinger, too, that he resonated enough to be on the school board. Yeah. yeah. You know, he he obviously was not only the youngest, but he was probably pretty smart Mm -hmm. just to even be on it and to be an openly gay man in when was that probably in the 80s, I would imagine. Yeah, he was first elected in 72. Oh, okay. Yeah. So that's even nationwide. Into, that would until, have been a big deal. Yeah. Into the yeah. 80s. Yeah. So that's yeah. pretty rad. Yeah. I wish I would have uh, got to meet him. You yeah. know? Yeah. It's almost like weird because, like, yeah. I, before you brought this case up, I've never even heard of it, which is weird since we are affiliated by our mm-hmm. center having a memorial library to him. But also because we are hugely in the LGBTQ community. Like, mm-hmm. it's not that, like, we just haven't heard of it from him, but, like, we aren't doing anything as a community. And it's weird because I feel like it's a big deal mm-hmm. for how far he got in our area. I mean, because you have the thing in 2003. So, what, Matthew Shepard was murdered in 2002? No, I think it was, yeah, I think 98? it was, I think it was 90, yeah, late 90s. I think it was late 90s. So, like, it's 2003 is only five mm-hmm. years after that. I mean, yes, that was Montana or Wyoming, but you can't say rural Wisconsin was much better or right. so much better in those areas. He could have easily made enemies. Easily. So I don't know. It's just weird because we, like, made, well, I guess we might not have made such a big mm-hmm. deal about, like, let's say Joe Luganville getting elected to school board as much as Joe Luganville made it a big thing that he got elected to school board. <laughs> so maybe, like, it's just, uh-huh. like, weird because, like, we're going to remember that forever as Joe Luganville being the youngest in Eau Claire to ever be elected openly LGBTQ. Everybody's going to know that. And a cooking show with Martha Stewart. Don't so forget. I assume that, like, yeah. And the Food Network. John, and John yeah. Klinger was probably openly gay in his life, as it, though it was like no secret, but he probably wasn't like spewing around like, I'm an openly gay elected official. Yeah. So, but yes. you didn't do that in those days But you either. didn't do those in that Yeah. Day. Yeah. Yeah. You couldn't, you couldn't do it. People would know, but you wouldn't go around announcing it in the 70s or 80s, really. So if he did, kudos to him. Yeah. Yeah. There's a confidential tipster line, 715-839-4982, if anybody's listening. There has to be somebody, he was 49 when he died in 2003, less than 20 years ago. So there's absolutely a community of people that knew John that might know something. Yeah, uh, it would be nice to get some closure. Yeah. Well, hey, this has really been good. It's been yes. great. Now that I know what a murder murder case is or true murder <laughs> crime, and I do know who the Slender Man is, but I still don't know who Smiley Man is. See, so when you I when you describe it as true murder, you're leaving out your Ocean's Eleven style heist crimes. And those oh, are also true. important. <laughs> yeah. Okay. This is a really good sneak peek because Jody is going to become a private investigator. Yeah. 
and I'm gonna I'm gonna be her assistant. Charlie's gonna be the assistant to the assistant, and <laughs> and I'll be Charlie. <laughs>